All right, all right, all right. It's not my weekend podcast with your boy, Jerry G. What is up, everybody, dog? It is Monday morning, fool. Uh, off to a busy morning here in HP, dog, back in town. I was in Houston, Texas this weekend. Had a good time out there, bro. I appreciate everybody came out to the shows, dog. Shout outs to you. I think I have some of you guys' names down. I'll get to them later. But I appreciate you motherfuckers, dog. I was out there at the Comedy Lounge in Houston, Texas. Uh, it's the ethnic part of town, apparently. It's a new comedy club. Uh, and uh, they had hit me up to come check it out. And I did. And we did our thing. And, uh, you know, being a new comedy club, they don't have a big reach as far as promotion. So it was hard, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, dog. The numbers went great. The numbers went great, dog. And, you know, that's what, you know, it's a frustrating part of this business, dog, that... Unfortunately, my name is not enough. My name is not enough. And as confident I am that my name can bring people out to watch me, I still need help. I need help spreading the fucking word, dog. My my 25K on Instagram is not enough, dog, to get motherfucking word out uh, and pack these motherfuckers out. But yet, I walk around Houston. I go to lunch. Uh, I went to Ojos Locos. Ay, 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 ay. I go to Ojos Locos. I get recognized like three times, fool. From guys, obviously, not the chicks. I wish. I wish the chicks would recognize me. None of them knew who the fuck I was. In fact, one of them dudes got all fanboyed out. It was like, uh, I, I, guys, uh, uh, disclosure, I've given up drinking for a little bit. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm saying that I've given it up for Lent, which technically I kind of did. But the problem is that soon after Lent, I did have a few drinks. So, yeah, I fucked up already, right? So, Lent started on, on Ash Wednesday. Probably, I think that Friday I had a couple of drinks. But then I reset the batteries and I'm like, you know what? No, 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 fuck that, fuck that. I'm going to stick to this shit, dude. And I've stuck to it since. So, I haven't had any drinks. I didn't drink this weekend. Um, so, we go to Ojos Locos, me and the homie Panda Fernando Chacon, who opened for me this weekend. Uh, so, we go to uh, Ojos Locos. Bad bitches talk. Oh my goodness, man. Oh my goodness. Fucking oh my goodness. Uh yeah. Hot ass chicks, right? One in particular that was like a tan, bro, right? And I was like, dude, I have to be that funny. I want to get that funny, bro. Where I could just pull that chick right there just by just by a fucking saying what's up. That's it. I need to be that funny, die. Um not that she's ignoring me all night trying to get my drink, fool. I see that that's how I know I'm not that funny yet, fool. Uh, anyways, there was a guy there who got all fanboyed out, right? And uh, he's like, oh shit, I'm a big fan. He's like, you got He was saying all the chicks, dog. Like, oh, this guy's famous, dog. This guy's famous. I told like three chicks, right? Other workers, and nobody gave a shit. These chicks don't give a shit, dog. Unless they personally recognize you, they don't give a fuck, dog. Um, <laughs> it was fun. It's just. It's funny and it's embarrassing. It's a little bit of all that mixed emotions where, like, it's flattering. I'm getting recognized. He's over here, like, fucking excited. And then then you you get brought, brought down quickly back to earth when the chicks he's telling, this guy's fucking, hey, this guy's a shit. He's funny as shit. He's fucking famous. He's on HBO. And the chicks are like, oh, yeah, yeah that's nice. Hi, what, what do you want? You want, what do you need? Do you need fucking more, more fries? What the fuck? Uh, not give a shit. So like you go from here to there. That's that's how this business is. That's literally how this business is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh they build you up and then they fucking drop your ass down, die, right? Uh 
And that's how it was in Houston. That's basically, that's a recap of my Houston trip this weekend, for Like, uh, the shows themselves were fun. Um, you know, I'm having a really good time on stage right now, guys. I'm not going to lie, fool. I, I'm really, I'm finding myself. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, 2023, you know, towards the end of 2022, I really started making some real changes in my, in, in my set. In, in my in my performance, where I'm just I'm just literally just letting go a little bit more. Fool, I'm older now, dog. You know, and uh, I'm not trying just to uh, to be so like what is that uniform? Just hear my jokes, enjoy them. Now it's more of a hear my jokes and what else is going on? What's up? Let's talk. Let's and doing a little bit more of that. Now I don't consider myself. Uh, pinche, uh, uh, fucking the guy that talks to the audience kind of shit, fool. I, I don't really fuck with the audience. I don't like the unpredictability of what can happen when I'm doing crowd work, fool. I don't. It's not, it's being out of my element. But I find myself doing it a little bit more and really enjoying myself because when I do it, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm genuinely trying to get information from people and figuring out if I can make that funny, right? Not like, I'm going to be funny no matter what. I'm going to force something funny out of this situation. That's where you fall. And for the young comics, that's where you dig yourselves in holes where you're trying to instigate and squeeze something out of nothing, fool, out of a rock. Like, basically, sometimes you're trying to fuck with people who, A, don't want to get fucked with, B, is the wrong person to fuck with, C, uh, you just don't have anything there to fuck with. So... And you force yourself and you dig into yourselves. But what I'm trying to say, again, I'm not a master crowd work. I don't like it, actually. I only, I just want to kind of work that muscle out as needed. But I found myself having to do that this weekend because the crowds were light. The crowds were, you know, there was only like 40, 50, 60 people at these shows. And so I, it was one of those, when the smaller the audience, the more you almost have to do crowd work, Doug, because it's almost like an elephant in a room. It becomes more uh, intimate Right. And so you almost have to talk about, you know, what's going on. And that's where I find it. When it's a big crowd, loud, packed audience, there's no time for that. There's no need for that. You don't like a lot of like if you fuck with somebody in the front row on a packed, sold out show. A lot of people are going to be left out of that joke because they can't see. They can't see what's going on because so packed in that bitch, so full. But when it's like only 40, 50, 60 people in the audience, yeah, almost everybody is in the joke. Everybody can see who you're talking to. There's only fucking 50 people there. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I get out of my shell, out of my element, and have to adjust and be like, yo, I, I need to talk to the audience right now because it's quite, you know, it, it, you can see here clearly that we, we kind of need to uh, disclose what's going on here. Fo. Um. But with that said, I'm having a lot more fun, dude. I'm having a lot more fun on stage because of that. Uh, and enjoying myself talking to people in the audience. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. And with, with all that said, I still I make the best of these shows. And they are, fool. You know? They are. Uh, of course, do I want to sell out? Yeah, fool. It's nobody's fault but mine, dog. At the end of the day, it's nobody's fault but mine. It's not the club's fault. It's not my opener's fault. It's not you, you guys' fault. It's nobody's fault but mine. You know, you know, but when I come to a big market such as Houston, a big city with millions of people in there and only averaging 50 people ahead, 
50 people on is, yeah, there's there's a problem here. A problem that I have to look into within me, dog. Or I got to fucking figure out what else I got to do. So basically, I have to whore myself out more, guys. I have to whore myself out there on the social medias, on the everything, and basically have to do that. All right? Uh... But the people that do come out to these shows, I can guarantee they had a fucking blast, fool. They had a blast, fool, and they can tell you themselves. And that's all I ask. When you come to the show, if you enjoy what you saw here tonight, let motherfuckers know, fool. That's all you can do, fool. That's all I can do right now, Doc. All right? Uh, what else is going on, fool? There's a lot of such things. I, I wrote a couple topics down here, fool. Let me see here. Um, we'll get to the Pogasol thing with the Lakers. That's pretty dope. Uh, how about that cartel and their PR move, dog? apologizing for those kidnappings as a trip right uh yeah man it was uh very interesting when our first when this news first dropped that the cartel had kidnapped two uh, four people two of them were killed then it turns out that there were morenitos yeah i knew shit was gonna get a little complicated there bro because not only were the americas now they're morenitos which means it becoming into not just uh, it could become a racial thing a black and brown thing I knew something was up because this is not something the cartel does, fool. Like, they don't just go around and kill Americans, fool. Um, there has to be more to this, right? And for the cartel to send out a fucking notice and say, hey, man, we apologize for what happened. That's not how we run shit. Those four people are being dealt with. We're, they've been turned in. <laughs> it's a trip, dog. Uh, yeah, fool. It's weird. It's weird. Because maybe my kids were like, damn, what's going to happen? It's going to be a war between the United States and, you know, no, that's, there's not going to be no war. But I don't know, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know. I didn't have an answer. Like, the cartel don't really want, don't, they don't need that kind of attention on them. They don't need American fucking FBI, CIA. They already got enough heat on them to be coming over and, and investigate two ki- four kidnappings and two of them murdered. Dog. They don't need that shit in their life, fool. So they don't operate that way, which is very, it was very strange. So for me, I think it was something a little bit more than that. I think these individuals were maybe getting themselves caught up in a situation they couldn't get themselves out of uh, freely because I really don't see any other way a cartel would um, do something like this. But it was just interesting to me how they like literally released a statement saying, yo, we'll take care of this. Our bad. And, uh, this won't happen again, I guess. I don't know what the fuck. That's a trip, doc, for the, the life that we're in right now, fool. It is a trip because, you know, we go to we go across the borders and we, you know, we feel pretty safe, right? Ensenadas, Rosaritos, Tijuanas. Yeah, I've never been to Juarez. I want It's on my bucket list. I want to go to Juarez. Uh, but, you know, it's scary, bro. It's fucking scary, dude. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was a trip, fool. Uh, speaking of, uh, Juarez, I want to give a quick shout out to the homie, one of my good friends, uh, Israel Garcia, comedian. Uh, he's going through some little health issues right now. They turned a little, you know, serious for a bit. Hopefully we'll get better news later this week as he's still going through some surgery, some, some testing being done. But Israel Garcia, comedian out of San Antonio, originally from El Paso, where we met out there in El Paso, which is I was bringing up Juarez and shit. Uh, we met out there in El Paso and then uh, he moved to San Antonio and now he moved again to Houston. He's been, uh, we've been doing comedy around the same time that we met around 10 years ago when we were both really young in the game. When I was doing that Latin comedy jam tour, 
we did El Paso and he was given a guest spot out there. And ever since then, we became the best of friends, dog. And uh, truly, we've been super cool, dog. Like, he's one of my guys that I, I use to feature, not just to open, but to feature for me when I'm out there in, in the El Paso's, in the San Antonio's, in the Texas area, full. And he's one, he's my go-to guy. And we work together so well. And, you know, he always opens up his house. I stay at his house, saves me money on shit like that, traveling, pick me up from the airport and just have a great time. A genuine, beautiful, beautiful man. And unfortunately, he's going through some, uh, pancreatic troubles right now, which can be very serious, very quick, dog. And, uh, Young man, mid-30s, bro. So we're hopefully he gets through this real quick. And I just want to take a little time right now to give him a quick shout-out. For those of you who are familiar with his comedy, you can find him at, at one bad comic, one bad comic on the Instagrams and all that. He does a lot of funny parodies with Polar Bear and, in fact, opens and tours with Polar Bear. Um, so John Polar Bear Gonzalez and uh, he's open for Steve Trevino. He opens up for a lot of the big dogs and shit, including yours truly. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> he's the man. He, and he's the next one, bro. He's been doing this for a long time, about 15 years himself. So I've been doing it 14. I believe he has like a little one year over me. And uh, he shows it on stage, man. He's a seasoned vet, a pro, funny, funny fucking dude. Uh, just been grinding every day. This is all he does for con. All he does is stand up full for his job. And so when he... Now he's in the hospital and obviously does not have any type of insurance. I don't know how Texas does, but, you know, I don't know how their Obamacare works over there, Doc. But I'm sure it's not as friendly as it is here in California. So obviously he needs a little help with those doctor bills, dude. So um, there's a GoFundMe on my story. And if, any, if you guys need it, I'll be sharing it a couple of times. And uh, just best, man. I can't say enough about this guy, man. He's... He's like a brother, bro. Like to be honest with you, like he's like he's like a brother. For we just like not only do we have the la same last name, but we really vibe like as individuals. Fool, like he's one of the few people that I don't mind sharing a room with on the road, uh, taking long ass five, six, seven hour uh, drives, you know, from one spot to the next. Like he's just so easy to get along with, so easy to fucking chill with, and. Uh, an amazing man, dude. An amazing just human being, dog. Besides, I don't want to just say that he's just funny because he is super funny. It's more than that, dog. This guy's a true friend. In a, and uh, when he, I got the news that he's going through this, man, it, it was a scary situation, man. He was supposed to do a guest spot with me out there in Houston. He's staying in Houston now. And so he didn't answer my phone a couple of times. He actually called me like on Tuesday or Wednesday and I couldn't answer and I totally forgot to call him back until I landed in Houston on Friday. I realized, oh, shit, I got to call his food back. I called him, and then there was no answer. But I, this time he was in the hospital. I believe he went into the hospital like that Thursday. So um, I just felt bad and shit. And I didn't know what was going on until Saturday. Got the news that he's actually been in the hospital for a few days. And shit's getting scary and shit's getting bad. And But it looks like hopefully we're, we're being optimistic that um, good will come out of this. And... He'll be back on his feet and back on that stage very, very soon. And you'll see him back on my shows again. Um, yeah, for those of you who have come out to my Texas shows, he's he's been in a lot of them. A lot of them shows. So so um, look him up. Enjoy his comedy, man. And uh, prayers up for my boy, Doc. All right? Um, other than that, man, uh, I'll be out there in Dallas this weekend uh, at the Hyenas Comedy Club. 
8 o'clock and 10 o'clock show, both sold out. You see what I mean, Doc? You see what I mean, Doc? Going from Houston, right? Averaging 50, 60 people a show. Now to fucking Dallas, sold out shows. Thanks to Ralph Barbosa. Ralph Barbosa is going to pop in, do a little guest spot. He's only going to do like 10 minutes, guys. All right? So please don't get too excited or too let down when you show up and expect to see him do more than 10 minutes. He's doing a guest spot. He's the homie. He happens to be in town. He's supporting myself and Luis Juarez, who we're, who we're both co-headlining. And I appreciate him, fool. I appreciate him. Getting the word out, getting us sold some tickets, and he's just gonna pop in and do some time, fool. And so, uh, if you're there at the show, don't be like, "Hey, what the fuck? I cannot see Rob Barbosa." No, you didn't, dog. <laughs> the show is Jerry Garcia. I don't know Jerry Garcia and Luis Juarez, and uh, yeah. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you is that please don't get upset when I close out the night and it's not Rob Barbosa closing out the night. <laughs> I don't know what to think, fool. I'm really, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm just very appreciative. Um, of performing in two two sold out crowds this weekend, and pues, ¿qué quieres que te diga, güey? It's it's what, what I'm gonna be like. Nah, fuck that shit. No way. Trust me, fool. I have. I, first of all, I got no ego, dog. I love it. My boy's blowing up. He's helping out, dude. And that's all you can ask for, dog. Motherfuckers, just let motherfuckers know, man. That's that's the name of the game, fool. I realize that's just you gotta you gotta spread the word, and a lot of you motherfuckers do, and I appreciate that. In fact. In Houston, man, I want to say his name is Rick. The, um, uh, forgive me if I'm getting it wrong, but there were the, uh, four people that came out to the show in Houston. They were originally from LA, and they now they live in Houston. They came out to the show, and after uh, after the show, where I'm you know selling my merch, he comes the, the guy comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, just want to let you know that I didn't know about you, but my boy." Uh, from, from lives in LA I believe his name is Rick He said He goes My boy Rick Is a big fan of yours And he told me uh, About you And to come check you out And I looked you up Saw your videos And I thought you were funny And so we're here But my boy Rick told me And he listens to you Get your podcast I don't know if it's American Wannabes Or this one But he says he listens to these And that He's the reason So basically Rick From LA Told the motherfucker In Houston Come check me out, bro. And I appreciate you, fool. Because that was four people that came. If it wasn't for him, there would have been only 36 people at the fucking show. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to tell you? That's all. I mean, that's all I ask for you motherfuckers. And that's, and I thank you. And, I th- and I'm hoping I'm not fucking up the guy's name, Rick, fool. But that's his name, compa. Um, same thing. There was another guy who was a big fan of Tragos Amargos podcast. Huge fan uh, and I don't think I don't know if I wrote his name down, but he was all like, "Bro, I'm excited about Thousand Not Margos, the way you break down the shit, the way you talk stuff, man. It, it's I love it. I can't wait for the new season, and the new season is coming, dog. Shout outs to Sammy. Uh, he'll be coming out to LA hopefully by April or May, and by June we should be having new episodes of Tragos Amargos, dog. I'm fucking excited, bro, because low key, a lot of people are listening to this shit, like the Tigres del, Tigres del Norte episode." Has hit, went over 10,000 listens. 10,000 downloads. That's fucking amazing. That's really, really good. Um, Subscriber-wise, it does, it's not showing them subscriptions. But people are listening to it. Uh, um, hopefully, the Tia the Norte themselves are some of these people who have listened 
to it. Um, even though I talk some shit. But we are going to redeem ourselves. I did ask, can we do a follow-up to the Norte episode on season two? That would be amazing. Uh, so we're working on that. All right, Bronco is going to be on it for sure. Bronco. And I've checked out, uh, Sammy and I, we were doing some research. We saw the Bronco series on Pantalla TV. If you don't have it, it's a Paisa streaming app. app. That's only like $10 for a year. <laughs> uh, it's all right. It's all right. A lot of novelas, a lot of shit like that. Um, but they have a Bronco series on that. And I thought it was really good. Sammy and I, I, I actually saw it first. I told Sammy about it. Sammy checked it out. Uh, it's really good. Very well done. The only pushback I would give it is that it's, it seems like it's a biography like from Lupe, the main singer. So it sounds like he makes himself like better than he is, which I guess, right? This is why I don't know, man. I don't know if I could make a biography myself about me because I would probably do the same thing, right? We would all do like make ourselves be better than we are, which is why I appreciate the Luis Miguel one so, so much. Like, Luis Miguel was very much involved in that series. But yet, he comes off like an asshole most of the time. Like, most of that series, he's a fucking asshole, dog. Like a dick to his fans, to everything. But he also does a great job of showing why he's such an asshole. Right? Because he's a child star, mistreated by his parents, mistreated by his management, just... Fucked up, like, brokenhearted from his first loves. Like, he's, a, he's gone through a lot of shit. But at the same time, you're also Luis Miguel, motherfucker. You know? Uh, I think, I believe Luis Miguel turned Mariah Carey crazy. Mariah Carey is low-key crazy, guys. If you pay attention to all the shit she's been doing throughout her life. Está loca, wey. Está loca la pinche vieja, wey. Uh, she's very weird. I believe Luis Miguel did that to her, bro. Luis Miguel broke her Hard, bad, fool, bad. Uh, I remember reading some articles back in the day about how she was like, oh, like devastated from their breakup, fool. Luis Miguel did that to her, fool. It's amazing. Um, and I don't think she's ever recovered, fool, to be honest with you. She's a little weird. She's a little off. Um, she's going to be one of those crazy old ladies. If she's not already, I don't know how old she is, but she's going to be one of those crazy old ladies that you run into at the supermarket, fool. Just like talking to herself and stuff like that. Uh so, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so I saw the Bronco series. Yeah, he just comes off a little, like, come on, die. Like, he comes off, like, too caring, too loving, too humble, too egoless. Like, I love Lupe Parza, bro. I think he's dope as shit, dog. He's one of my favorite singers. Bronco's, like, in my top five, maybe. Top three, you can even say, bro, as far as, group, obviously, Grupa uh, Musica Grupera, Norteña, uh, Mexicana, Regional. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, definitely, definitely Bronco's up there, fool. You got Tigres, Bukis, uh, Bronco. Yeah, I would say Bronco. I don't think I could. I mean, I love Banda Machos. I love Recodo. Uh, Grupera. I'm thinking about Grupo, Banda, you know, that shit. Uh, obviously, that, you could throw in Manao up there, which will be in series, uh, uh, season two. Um, but anyways, I love the series. I enjoyed the series. They went through a lot of shit. They also got jacked up from their manager, which seems to be a trend, right? Every fucking uh, famous Latino artist seems to get fucked over by their management, dog, uh, which sucks, which is why I don't have a manager, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Bronco also were victims of this. And you got to see it. If you get a chance, on Fanta literally on Pantalla, 
app. There's a lot of cool other shit there, bro. It's really cheap. I believe it's like two bucks a month, three bucks a month. It's really cheap, I remember, dog. My sister got it. I don't even pay for it. My sister got it. And uh, she said, yeah, it's cheap. I only pay like, she said a little bit. Um, so check it out. And it, it, just the Bronco series itself is, is worth it. It's really well done. Uh, really well done, man. Good. I like it. I enjoyed everything. The cool, sto- cool story. And uh, that guy, uh, Lupe Sparza, the guy who plays him. Very good looking guy. Nothing like the real Sparza. I mean, oh, I remember my dad used to always clown that for. No, que ese pinche indio feo. Que canta, canta bien bonito ese pinche indio feo. My dad, for what a dick. Always talking shit. No, ese, ese bronco está bien feo, ese cabrón, pero canta bonito. Yes, it does. Facts, homie. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think people describe me like that. People are like, ese güey está re feo, güey. Pero, I mean, chistoso el cabrón. I think that's how it basically how it goes down with me. All right, uh, yeah, and with that said, he fucking uh, had a lot of nice looking... Well, he's married and shit, but I'm sure he could get any fucking girl he wants also. Um, all right, let me see. What else I got? I had so many other topics, man. Uh, let me see here. Let me check my messages. Uh, fucking shit. All right, let me take a quick break here. Look at my notes. All right, all right, I'm back. I'm back. I had to take a little break. I have people blowing me up, texting me, calling me, and distracting me and shit, so... All right, I'm back. Also, I want to see. I want to see if I had any shout outs, fool. I haven't been doing the best um, job writing down shout outs as I usually do or screenshotting them. But let me double check right here. Let me see if I find anything. I've been so busy, pinche. Um, fucking the kids, man. Nicolas, all these motherfuckers are taking up all my time right now, dude. I feel back in baseball and oh my goodness. Um, they actually won this weekend. I was I missed it. I missed opening day yesterday, Sunday. I just got back from Houston on Sunday yesterday. Uh, I was honestly I was kind of I don't know if I'm getting older. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me, dude. But I felt jet lagged. I felt like headache and no nah, way. I don't. I didn't feel myself. And I'm not drinking. I'm not even drinking right now. That's what bothers me. That I'm feeling like shit, and I'm not even drinking, dude. Isn't that fuck, dude? The, I felt like I'm hungover, and I never, I didn't even have a drink this weekend, dude. Uh, which I'm liking. I'm trying to get used to this not drinking. I'm not over the drinking, dog. I'm just over it. I'm over getting hungover. I'm, I'm having a harder time recovering. I, I don't recover as well, dude. I, I'm hurting for like a day and a half. I, I get unproductive. It's, it's so stupid, dude. So, so stupid, dog. Um, let me see here. Um, let me see. Uh, damn. oh, this guy wants me to do go to his class, and this guy wants me to go to his class and talk to his class. Ugh. Uh, let me see here. I heard the podcast. Here's one. Marty One Kenobi heard the podcast. I'll feel you on the age, brother. I'm so old. I remember the LA riots. Oh, that's when I was talking about uh, my age. Uh, bro, I heard the podcast. I remember Miller's outpost where the in and out is now. Good times rioting. That is incorrect. Miller's Outpost is not where the in and out is now. Where the in and out and HP is now, that used to be a Volkswagen dealership and a thrift store. There was a big-ass thrift store, una segunda, and next to it was a Volkswagen. Uh, and I don't know how I remember this because I literally got knocked down like in the early 80s. But I remember being a little kid walking down Pacific, walking down that dealership, being, seeing all the buggies, all the punch buggies. Man, man that's, that's how old I am. That's crazy. 
Anyways, that Volkswagen, Volkswagen dealership got knocked down. Uh, that Segunda, I remember that Segunda because that was like my grandma's favorite store. It was a big-ass Segunda, big-ass thrift store. And I liked it too because I had a big-ass, I remember I had a big-ass toy section, huge. And uh, that's where I get my toys, man. I'll play with your toys. Uh, I, used to, I used to do, I was working on this joke where like, uh, that I was like poor, obviously, hacky already, I know. <laughs> and that I, I remember that I used to go to, uh, we, were, we were big on yard sales. My parents used to love going to yard sales. Uh, and we used to go to yard, we used to go like to nice neighborhoods, Downey, you know, uh, we used to actually go all the way even to like Beverly Hills. There's a part in uh, LA called Hancock Park. The That's the nice HP. That's the HP you want to be. See, if I ever move out of HP, I got to move to that HP. Hancock Park is like another, it's a big Jewish area, but huge, huge homes. Huge homes. I know a lot of celebrities, fucking attorneys, like money, doctors. They all live in that Hancock Park area. And and that's where we used to go because my dad used to work near there. My dad worked at the third and third and Fairfax at the Grove, which is a very famous, which is very near Hancock Park. You gotta drive through Hancock Park to get to the Grove. Anyways, so we used to go pick up my dad from work or go visit him at work. We used to drive down there and they'd be yard sales, bro. And let me tell you, those were the best yard sales ever, fool. Like, and then sometimes they had like estate sales where like they're going to sell the house or something. And so you were allowed to go in the house for the furniture, which we obviously we could never afford. Thought we were like literally little we're talking about like 1990, fool, 89, 91. Paisas, way. Paisas, you get, fool. Little ass, we got a little ass Datsun or a little ass Corolla, little Volkswagen, that little fucking Corolla Volkswagen, fucking beat up, junky ass car, fool. Uh, and uh, we used to all go in there. And we used to go in the house, like, we we're gonna buy something. Like, I no mames, but people were like, I could tell. Like, I remember now, cause I was like literally like nine, ten, right? So when you can kind of remember and kind of notice what's going on without really noticing what's going on. Uh, but I remember there'll be like estate sales and these huge mansions, bro. Mansiones way, hot in LA way. Hot, I was gonna say Hollywood, but near Hollywood. And you could tell, like, People were like, really, fool? You guys going to come in here? Really? Really? Like, they almost didn't want to let us in there, fool. And when they would, they would like just be staring at us, following us, watching us. Very uncomfortable. With all that said, yeah, I did want to steal something. My job was to steal something. I wanted to steal something. A fork, a fucking dustpan, something, bro. Una campanita, where they call it made with. I wanted to steal something, fool. I never did. I was too scared. And they were on us, bro. Like, we would go in the house and they would be on us. It's okay. Everything was for sale. It's not like if there was their shit, right? And pinches couches, wake it. Fucking $2,500 for a fucking one seat or a love seat. It was crazy. We're probably talking about 1990 prices, huh? Lambs get $800. And we still look at this shit like if we're going to buy it. We still look at the price tag like, a ver cuánto cuesta esta lámpara. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But those were a trip, bro. Those were a trip. And I remember, man, I remember going in there as a fucking kid, right? And you start to like, one day, 
One day I'm gonna live here. Like literally like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air kind of home. That kind of house. One day I'm gonna be living here. I'm gonna be famous. That time, you know, when you're 10, I'm like, I'm gonna be a famous actor. And, uh, see, wait. And I still have that dream full. <laughs> it's just like, I haven't left. But uh, that that is like, fuck, man. I don't even know what to tell you, bro. Like, that, those are still goals, bro. Those are still goals. Uh, anyway, I was writing a dumb joke about, like, I used to go to yard sales a lot. In fact, I used to, but the, the joke I was writing that I used to go to yard sales around my neighborhood. So I would, like, buy shirts, like, buy clothes from, like, my neighborhood yard sales. Then go to school and the kids would be like, hey, that's my shirt, fool. Like, my mom wasn't supposed to sell that kind of stuff. That was the joke. Yeah, sorry. A lot of buildup for that little punchline. With that joke, never made it on set yet. On, on stage yet. Uh, but that's real shit, doc. That's real shit. I remember I bought some dope-ass Nikes. They weren't even Jordans. They were just Nikes. Um, and they were... They were uh, busy. We're talking about fifth grade. Those are my first pair of Nikes ever, dog. I was in elementary. I was in fifth grade, my last year of elementary. And at a yard sale, I found these Nikes. I really liked them, bro. They were white with a uh, a black with a black swoosh. Not Jordans, just Nikes. And but I was probably in fifth grade. I was probably like a what size three, four in shoe size. Because those shoes were like five and six. They were like two sizes bigger than me, dog. And uh, yeah, everyone can tell, fool. And so I was getting clowned on, bro. I got clowned on all day from everybody, fool. Like, you're buying your dad's shoes? Uh, whose shoes are those? Those ain't your shoes. And they're just clowning with fucking clown shoes. And they would step on me. And obviously, it wouldn't hurt because they wouldn't hit my toes. And uh, it was a sad, sad situation. And that was, unfortunately, that was the first and only time I wore those shoes. Because I thought I was going to kill it. I didn't think anybody was going to notice that they were two sizes, two, three sizes too big. And uh, I never wore them again, fool. And I think by the time I, I grew into them, I think I must have been like in eighth grade. And obviously, I was old red. They were whack shoes now. And uh, I never wore them again, fool. So... That sucks, fool. <laughs> I do. I'll never forget that. I was because I was so excited. I remember picking them out. I finding them in the in the yard sale, getting them out of that box. He said, "Están casi nuevos, way. They've only been used like a couple times, and they look really good condition, really good shape." And so I picked them up, and I was like, "Oh, Nikes, ma, por favor!" And they were like, like they were kind of expensive. I think they, my mom paid like ten dollars for those fucking shoes, dog. That's a lot for a yard sale. It's a lot. Nin- we're talking about nineteen ninety, ladies and gentlemen. $10 went a long way. I remember our rent in 1990 was $600, fool. $600. And we had a three-bedroom house, fool. Uh, anyways. Yeah, fool. She bought the fucking shoes, dude. And I only wore them once. And they clowned the shit of me. Shout out to Francisco, Reese, Pinche, Eric Torres, all these motherfuckers. Shout out to these fools. Bully me all day. And uh, yeah, that was that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Uh yeah man we all go through shit right we all go through shit um that's why uh I don't like to bully people fool I'm not I never I mean not that I can not with my size but I, especially you know I don't like to clown on people and, and make fun of, I've never been a good roaster you know I've never been that guy fool that I can like you know roast back and talk shit back I'm not good I don't like to offend people I don't like to make people feel less I can take a joke. Like, I'm good. I'm fine. I know who I am. I'm very confident in myself and who I am. Like, I can... You clown on me, you know? Prieto, feo, flaco, delgado. I don't give a shit, dog. None of that has ever affected me because it's never affected me in real life. 
None of it has ever stopped me from getting what I want, doing what I want, living how I want, enjoying. Like, nothing, you know? I've got two beautiful babies' mamas. I got beautiful kids. I've had, I've slept with hundreds of women. Like, it's, none of it has ever stopped me from anything, doc. So, it's not like, uh, not, like, I don't mind, I don't care about being clowned on, fool. But me clowning on people, I just always feel like I'm going to pass, I'm going to cross the line somewhere. And it could lead to obviously a, a physical fight or an awkwardness or something. It's just I've I've never been that type of person, and I think that's what kind of makes me into a like, good comedian. Where like I worry about offending people, so I really feel I filter myself, and that's why I don't worry about being canceled so much. Like everyone worries about being canceled. Now I wish I could be I could be more than I am. Like, I wish I could say more than I can without that concern, of course, but. I, I I never really let it get to me, dude. Like, uh, like there was well, we had like the video we went a little mini viral and shit with the uh, with the Toxicos this weekend when we we're doing that emo brown podcast, and Jesus just Jesus just trying to now Jesus is different. Jesus Jesus wants to be that guy. Like he wants to be the I clown on people, dude, and he'll do anything to make the fucking interview funnier, which is fine. Like that's his way of like this is what we gotta do to get noticed. To, for us to get recognized for attention for like he he gets it he likes to get he likes that he he loves podcasts he loves doing I don't I don't like doing podcasts I don't like the pressure of having to be funny all the time like on the dot like right here like I don't I don't like that pressure all the time he does he likes that pressure he likes like I'll make something out of nothing kind of shit uh on podcast interviews. I'm more chill. Like, this is me. This is what I like about podcasts. Just being myself, laid back, talking to you like a fucking in, uh, human being, individual. Uh, because Jesus approach is a little different. Like, nah, we got to attack, which is fine. That's how you do get viral. That's how you go viral. Thus, the video that went viral. Exactly. Like, his point is proven. That's how it's supposed to be done. Uh, and so he was, like, clowning on me because of my my part, which is fine. It's, it's cool. Uh, and... I didn't think it was that bad, first of all. <laughs> but it was it was getting a little thick. That's what happens when, like, you keep going back to the same bar. I get a haircut every week. And every week I ask for the part. And obviously, eventually, it gets a little thicker and thicker and thicker. And so I tell them, all right, stop. When it gets too thick, then I'm like, all right, stop doing the part. Let the fucking hair grow out for a little bit. And then we kind of, like, reset and start all over. Uh, but that went, look, little viral. Like, I don't care. Like, I have fun with it. I'll share it. I'll tag myself. I'll All that stuff. Whatever gets us more views and more attention, I'm all for it. But... People are like, fool, talk shit back, fool. Like, talk shit back. And I could, but that's, for me, it's like, no, let's just have fun with this. Let's run with this. Let's run with that. And if, if you notice, if you hear the whole interview, I was even clowning on myself. Like I said, that I went to a barber school to get my hair cut, that I go on Wednesdays when it's cheaper and whatever the fuck, dog. Whatever it takes to keep the ball rolling and ha- keep having fun with the situation, dog. Like, like that, like that clowning is not gonna get me like, oh my god, like fuck that guy, like it's whack. It's, it's stupid. It just makes it more fun and it brings the camaraderie of our friendship, which it is. We can talk like that with each other. We are friends like that. It's fine. It's all good. Concrete and Jay are also welcome. Fool, like they're the boys. They're the homies and shit. So, um, but I've never been that guy. I can't be that guy. I don't like being that guy, fool. Uh, and I don't like to use my words to bring other people down. I, I've never been that fucking person. Uh. That's why I don't worry about the cancel shit, dog. Um, somebody sent me an article, and I think it was Sammy. Shout out to Sammy. He sent me an article about. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up here for. And uh, let's see. He's talked about Latinos using the N word. 
Latinos using the N-word. Uh, from Daily Chela, opinion. Time for Latinos to stop saying the N-word. And that's a picture of Big Joe. Fat Joe, I mean. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see here. There is a lot of trauma and healing that needs resolution within our black and brown communities. Part of that trauma is due to Latino parents' failure to enforce zero-tolerance policies around our kids. Use of the N-word. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll agree with some of that. I myself don't encourage my kids to use the N-word. I've told you guys many, many times I'm still going to stand by it because it's facts, guys. I have yet to hear my teenage kids who are about to be, about to turn 16 and 15 this year uh, say a bad word in front of me. In front of me. They won't. They refuse to do that. They will not say a profanity word around me, dog. I curse around my kids. Not as often. I only curse when I, I get really frustrated about something. I will curse. But I don't purposely curse just to curse, just to speak, just to talk with my kids. No. I I, 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 use, I choose to use other words when communicating with my kids without using bad words. All right? Sometimes to be funny. Sometimes to get a point across. Sometimes when I'm upset, yes, bad words will come up. All right? When I'm talking to them. Uh, but my kids have never used bad words around me. Yes, I'm sure they use bad words around their friends. Yes, of course. I'm not trying to say that. Of course. Uh, but they do have that respect at home. Where at home, you don't talk like that. No se habla así, cabrones. Uh-uh-uh. You have to be a fucking adult. You have to pay your own bills. You have to be a fucking grown-up to be able to talk like that. That's grown-up language talk. That's grown-up talk. That's, that's big folk, old folk talk. All right. And you don't talk to old folks or old people like that. Uh, yeah. Now, behind my back at school, at your friends, you're going to talk like that, of course. And um, I'm not there, fool. I don't want to hear it, though. All right. I don't know if they do or how much of the, how much they use it. I'm sure I have no idea, guys. I cannot tell you how much bad words they use on their daily talks with their friends. No se way. Uh, but with all that said, I would never I. I would never uh, allow my kids to use the N-word either, dog. Like, I still use the N-word. I will be, you know, honest with you guys. I use the N-words with my close friends, with people in my close inner circle. I do, okay? I am a 90s kid. I am 43 years old. Estoy viejo, we. I've been around. And we grew up with that word. And I love using the word. I, I use it to be funny. I use it to get a point across. I use it to emphasize things. I never use it as, I mean, I never, I don't use it to be derogatory in any way or disrespectful to the African-American community. Of course not, Doc. Of course not. Um, I've shared you my story about the time that I used the N-word and I got my ass fucking punched. I got my ass hit for using the N-word uh, real quick because I've shared the story like three times. I was at a gas station. I was drunk as fuck. I was in the passenger seat with my black friend, Trinell who was my roommate at the time. And we were coming back from a club, from a nightclub. I was drunk as fuck, passed out. Passed out in the front seat. Uh, he stopped at a, at a gas station to put gas. And when we stop, I wake up. I have no idea where I'm at. I'm a little lost. I have to throw up. All right? So I'm going to throw up. I get out of the car to throw up. I fucking plant my face into the trash can and start yakking it up, all right? I hear a black voice say, you good, man? You good, my boy? You good, my boy? I thought it was my friend. 
Chernow. And I'm like, what you think, N-word? I said, while my face was still planted in the trash can. Then he said, what you say, fool? What you say? And then I realized it wasn't my friend, but my face was still in the trash can. And now it's about keeping it real. I have to keep it real. Keeping it real going wrong, basically. I knew it was him. I'll be honest. I knew it wasn't him. At this, When I heard him the second time, I go, oh, shit. But now I couldn't be a bitch. I don't want to be a punk bitch. And so I said, you heard me, N-word. Oh, and I got up. And I had no idea how big this guy was. Luckily, he wasn't that big, but he was pretty big, bigger than me. And I want to say, you heard me, N-word. I got up off the trash, and he, like, saw me, and he just fucking punched me, fool. Knocked me out. Knocked me down. He didn't knock me out. I took the fucking hit. I went back. My head went back, hit the car, and I was I went down. And by this time, my boy was coming back from the fucking gas. And he's like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. And he's running. He grabs a guy, puts him back, and he says, hey, man, he's drunk. I'm sorry. You got to watch your boy, man. Check your boy, man. Fucking check your boy. And this and that. And I, because I'm super stupid and super drunk and super hurt and super offended, uh, I kept saying N-word. Like, man, fuck that. Fuck you, N-word. Fuck that N-word. Fuck that N-word kind of shit. And then my boy, yeah, man, my boy. Hey, fool, yeah, relax, fool. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, fool. Like, get in the car. He got me in the car. And then cooler heads prevailed. That guy who punched me, turned out he was a nurse because I'm bleeding from my nose and my my nose, basically. And then I remember that fool. Uh, he's a nurse. Turns out he, like, patched me up, fool. He went to his car. He got a first aid kit, brought some fucking gauzes. Gods? How do you say that shit? And he fucking... Uh, <laughs> he helped me out. <laughs> I think eventually somewhere I did say I'm sorry, fool. I, I'm pretty sure somewhere I said I'm sorry uh, when everything like calmed down. Because I remember the guy was nice. Like he was just like, dude, bro, you can't be using that word kind of shit. And I was like, I guess, fool. So I got the N word knocked out of me. Uh, and again, I've shared the story like three times. So I'm trying to speed it up here, fool. But that's basically what happened, dog. Um, now, I, do I still use the word? Yes. Yes, I do. But again, and I'm I'm doing it less of I will be I, I'm doing it less. I'm trying to get it out of my vocabulary. Uh, I got the G A Y word. I'm almost out of my vocabulary. Almost completely out. F A G has been gone. I don't use F A G. I tried. That's. I rarely bring out the F A G word, dog. And and do, again, F A G G A Y and N I G G A, bro. I I love using those words, man. I love using like those are funny trigger words for me. I love it. But I also understand that it's 2023 and you can't talk like that. You can't, fool. Especially as a parent, as a grown-ass man. You can't, fool. You can't. All right? It's me, a, a stand-up comedian on stage. I can get canceled. Like, I don't need that. Over a fucking dumb word? Stupid word? No way. So, uh, as much as I miss those words, and I'll tell you guys I miss them, and I'll still use them within my tight circle and only around my tight circle. All right, and that circle is getting tighter and tighter because there are some friends who I don't trust as much using those words around. Well, I got some friends who we cool and nah, but he can be telling other people that motherfucker's always using the F word, uh, the G word, the N word, and I don't, I don't. So that circle is getting smaller and smaller. I only use it with very specific people. I don't text it anymore. Uh, if I text it, I text it in a funny, silly way. 
right? Like G-A-Y-E, right? Or F-A-H-U-G. I don't know, something. Uh, or N-U, U-U-G-G-G-A-A-A-A. Or uh, I, I also, I, I like to use uh, Negro. Uh, knee as in your knee, K-N-E-E. And G-R-O-W. What up, my Negro? I like that one. But that one's not good either. <laughs> like, holy shit. That one's not good either. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's bad. And it sucks. It sucks because I don't use it in that way. I don't use it in a derogatory way. But I got to agree, dog. Like, Latinos got to back up off of that. It's not It's not really our word for them. Like, I saw a comedian this weekend. Uh, shout out to Tony Roberts. Tony Roberts, African-American comedian who i never seen. After my shows, I went to the uh, Houston Improv. Uh, I had a homie out there opening Lance Woods. He was going to try and get me a guest spot in a late show. We didn't make it on time, so I didn't get the guest spot. We got there a little late. But Tony Roberts, who I've never seen, I've never met, I've never, uh, I've heard of, but I've never met him or seen him performed. And he was a headliner. And he sold that bitch out, sold that show, Houston Improv. And that motherfucker's funny ass shit. Check him out if you get a chance. Tony Roberts, funny ass fool, old school, old head. Motherfucker, dog. Funny, dude. And again, him and the other comedians, also black. They use the N-word a lot on stage. A lot. A little too much, if you ask me. But it's like such a funny word. Like, the N-word makes the joke funnier, dog. Like, it really does. And that's an advantage that Morenitos have that we don't. Like, our word is fool. Like, fool. Yeah, fool is fool. But even that, like, I feel like I use it too much. You know, like... Felipe Esparza, that's what he's known for. Like, I talk like that too, but I feel like I use it. And like, I'm like, I shouldn't be using it this much. Even though that's our word. Like, fool is our word. And even using it two words is like too much. But they use the N-word a lot on their set. And it's funny every time. Like, it's funny. I'm like, too, like, how sweet of an advantage it is to be able to say the N-word to get a harder laugh. We don't have a word like that. We don't have, and you know how many times I've been on stage where if I use the N-word right here, it would make the jokes that much more funnier? But we can't. We cannot use that word, fool. And uh, and I just trip out on that because I enjoy the fucking set. I enjoy the show. Very funny, guys. But they use that word, the N-word, such, like, great. It's just they, the way to use it, it's just, it helps, like, just make it funnier, Enhances the bit. It's just, dude, we don't have that. We don't have that advantage. But that's fine. We have to use other words. We have to get more creative, dog. All right. All right. I'm going to pass it verga. It's a long ass episode, fool. All right. So, shows coming up this weekend. Dallas Hyenas sold out both shows, guys. Thank you for everybody who got their tickets. Uh, we still got San Diego. We added a second show, Los Toxicos. Uh, 7.30 show sold out. We added a 10 o'clock show for San Diego. Barrio Logan, Corazón del Barrio will be there. Get your tickets very soon. And Farayon, Linwood creeping up. Ticket sales are going very well. We're about a little bit more than halfway sold already. So please get your tickets soon. I know a lot of people wait for the last minute. Just get them sooner than you think, fool, because I believe it's going to sell out, bro. I believe it's going to sell out. All right, uh, that's pretty much it for me, guys. You guys have a great, great rest of the week. And uh, love you guys, man. Stay up, Israel Garcia, thinking of you, compa. Late.